All right, this is part of the, the afternoon where we get to relax and just think of ourselves on holidays. And we do that with our travel guide and expert, Sally Lucas, who is off to a lot of European destinations and some island destinations today. Yeah, I thought we'd visit some beautiful national parks. And I think that makes every city a place where you can go sit and wind down and watch the world go by. All right, sounds Plus pretty a good. little bit of Tahiti. Looks nice, Simon. Oh, there's that old commercial. Was it for soap, wasn't it? Cousins. Cousins soap. All right. Uh, as we fire up today, we're talking travel with Sally Lucas at Sue and URFM. Sally, today, just a, a nice place to start. We're heading to Resort Relaxo, really, into some of the parks. Well, I just thought it was that time of the year where we all get so busy with everything that's going on that to talk about things you can do that are relaxing, even in our own country, of course, but I'm going to talk about some of the lovely parks you can visit when you do travel overseas. And obviously, I think our listeners will have heard of a lot of them. They might not have heard of all of them, but you know, starting with London, for example, Hyde Park or Kensington Gardens, you know, they're both mm. beautiful parks to, to relax in and watch the world go by. Um, one that I thought was lovely was when I went to Munich to visit some friends there and it's the Englischer Garten and it's got beer gardens throughout it so you can stop and you know have a beer in the <laughs> yeah. beer garden. It's got a, a surfing wave pool where you can go surfing. Um, people go sunbathing, you know, It's but it's a pretty park. It's a very, very pretty park and it's right in, in the old town of Munich or the old part of Munich which is just gorgeous. So that's a lovely park. Singapore, you've got the famous botanical gardens there, which are just stunning. But you've also got Mount Faber National Park, and it's got this bridge if you want to ever Google it, and it's in the shape of a wave. So you're walking on this wavy bridge that leads you on to another hill as well, which is quite spectacular. Um, in Barcelona, you've got Park Güell, which was made by Antoni Gaudi, which is quite famous. It's quite a small park, but it's so fascinating with all his sculptures and statues in it. Vancouver, Stanley Park is magnificent. Uh, San Francisco, you've got the Golden Gate Park, which has got the most beautiful Japanese garden in it with a tea house, and it's just just some of the most stunning gardens that you'll ever see. Tokyo, you've got the Imperial Palace Gardens. Uh, in Berlin, the Tiergarten, which means zoo, and it's sort of, put of a, a zoo plus park, if you like, which is quite close to where the Brandenburg Gate is and things like that that you can visit as well. And we all know like, how lucky are we in Sydney to have that Hyde Park right on the harbour. It's a stunning Park. It is, and um, if you saw any of the news last night, they're looking to uh, unveil another park. They're looking to do something out in the, in the west there. Yes, um, yeah. you know, big water park and, and um, artificial lakes and a whole lot. So it may be on the similar vibe to some of these. But it is great, Sally, that you can go to like some of the bigger cities, the big built-up areas, and you have those parklands right yeah. there as well. Yeah, and Paris. I forgot. How could I forget Paris? One of my favourite cities. But um, you've got the wonderful Luxembourg Gardens, and they're just beautiful on the left bank and you've got about 25 hectares of parkland there which actually date back to the 1600s but there's even got like a puppet theatre there for children pony rides they've got toy wooden boats to sail on the lake you know and again you can just sit and chill and they've lovely wrought iron chairs and under the shade of a tree and dare i say that there has a lot of old world charm to it the puppet theatre yeah wooden boats that sounds pretty cool it does doesn't it it sounds absolutely fabulous so try and include you know give yourself a stop and smell the roses moment 
it when you're travelling. I mean, you're sort of on the go. You want to see as much as you can, but you've still got to look after yourself and you've got to just be able to sit back and watch the world go by occasionally. And so just shout yourself half a day or so, even a few hours in a city where you can just do that and really enjoy. Parks are the lungs of the city. You know, that's what gives them, that's what keeps them going. We've got to keep creating these green spaces. It's so important. Do you reckon that's a mistake that we fall into when travelling? I think the answer is yes, but of just trying to fit too much in and not yes, stopping yes. and resting and looking at the really good stuff around us? Yeah, I, I try and say that even when I'm talking to clients. Like, don't try and do everything. Like, pick pick the eyes out of what you really want to do in the, in the countries or the continent you're visiting. Don't think, oh, I've got to do all of it. No, don't. You've, we've all got our special places that we have seen or want to see, and I think they're the ones you need to include. And, and do them properly. Don't try and do everything. Just try and do whatever you're doing and do it well. Yeah, the world is a pretty big place. You're not going to see it all in one hit. No, absolutely <laughs> not. And I can tell you there is so much of it I still haven't seen after all these years in travel, so I know that for sure. As we continue, we're talking travel. Sally Lucas is here. I know we'll get to the islands in a minute, Sally, but we first, uh, you want to stick with Paris because there are some cosmetic changes happening there at the moment. There has been since COVID. A lot of cities have taken the opportunity, of course, to upgrade, you know, improve, etc. So, for example, everyone's heard of Gallery Lafayette, I'm sure, the most famous flagship, flagship should I say, department store. You nearly um, slept. Um, Boulevard <laughs> Houseman. Um, it's just had a two-year renovation and of its wonderful 110-year-old stained glass panels, which apparently is now allowing this magnificent light to pour back into the main hall. It's such a spectacular building. And downstairs, there now. They've got a new 3,000 square metre mega, I'll get it out today, wellness department with sauna, restaurant, gym, treatments and then of course you go up to the rooftop and the skyline of Paris from the rooftop mm. of Gallery Lafayette. Imagine is, that. It's just, just fantastic. And not to be outdone, the neighbouring uh, department store Printemps it's also been reinvigorated um, to, with its own splendid art deco dome and a new six floor restaurant as well with jaw dropping views and the Musée de Cluny which is France's Museum of the Middle Ages. It's, it's a national National treasure with home to um, 24,000 works spanning a thousand years, and it's had a 20 million dollar overhaul as well. And also the um, the Richelieu Library of La Bibliothèque Nationale de France, which is a library, but it's more than a library. They've got artefacts and things there that that date back. It's not just books. They've got a, a library section, but they've got these other galleries that they've restored again with these beautiful glass domed ornate ceilings, which have got all sorts of things like ivory chess plate pieces from Charlemagne's time and just statues and oh, I've just, you just got to read into it if you have a look. And they've spent around $410 million on just restoring that. Plus the mayor of Paris, she also wants it to become cleaner and greener and she hopes to have the Seine swimmable by 2024. And also she wants to green up the Champs-Élysées and make it more user-friendly for pedestrians, cyclists, etc., and reduce the amount of traffic. So when would you say, uh, getting offhand here, Sully, the last time that, that the Seine was swimmable? <laughs> well, the last time I looked, <laughs> it didn't look very swimmable, uh, and that's a few years ago, but... Um, I don't know yeah. if it ever was. Maybe it was. I don't know. It'd have to be before it had um, so much traffic on it, I'm sure. But, um, mm. yeah, who knows? So it's been a while. It's, it's, it's been a long time, but that's that's good on her, I mean, for doing these things. And there's a lot of cities doing this as well, as we've sort of even discussed off air. They're mm. trying to become cleaner and greener and 
offer us more, you know, offer us more that we can enjoy. Yeah, well, uh, well, well Power Power too. That's a it's a project and a half, uh, and like I said, probably pre-war the first <laughs> one before they've had anything. Um, all right, now, let's head to somewhere where the waters are nice and clean. Oh. They are pristine, which is the Society Archipelago, which includes the Windward Islands of Tahiti, which are the largest of the Society Islands there, which include like Morea and the Leeward Islands like Huahini, Reatea, uh, Bora Bora, quite a lot of them you, you might know the name of. And the islands in the Society Archipelago are typically very mountainous and they're surrounded by these beautiful lagoons and reefs where it is just absolutely stunningly beautiful, you know, blink, 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 that they're so bright. Um, Tahiti is the largest of the 118 islands and atolls and then of course Morea which is absolutely gorgeous where I've been to there is only about a 30 minute um, on a ferry or even in a few minutes flight if you're going to fly it then uh, only about a 50 minute flight you've got the stunning island of Bora Bora which they say though also the Cook Islands say this as well at Atutaki that they've got the most beautiful lagoon in the world but they're all beautiful I can assure you whether it's in the Cook Islands or whether it's in Tahiti or even New Caledonia when we sailed down there wow what an incredible lagoon that is as well to sail um, then you've got Teriaroa, Taha, Raiatea, Huahini, Malpiti and Tupai. Tupai is the smallest and it's in the shape of a heart, but you can only um, see that from the air, of course, but then it's only accessible by helicopter, so you're going to see it anyway. Oh, okay, excellent. How <laughs> so, cool is that? So just think of Tahiti. It is a delightful place if you just, again, want to stop and smell those roses. It's just chill out, just enjoy the beauty, the warmth of the water, the warmth of the people. Just beautiful people, the Polynesian people. So it's really a lovely destination to get to. So think of it as your Christmas present or book it for next year for a special honeymoon or a special anniversary celebration or whatever you want. But it's, yeah. Delightful. That hard island on Valentine's Day, maybe? Oh, See, absolutely. There you go. There you go. <laughs> Sorted. As always, she picks the bits of paper that have got flames <laughs> all over them, the deals of that hot Sally, and we're just going to spin that wheel around and see where we land today. We are, and we just finished uh, having a chat about Tahiti, so I thought, well, we're talking about indulging yourself. Well, you can. You can save up to $1,000 per couple. If you book by 23 December, you only got to pay a deposit, and on a range of packages to those beautiful islands I was just telling you to. So it depends on which island and what the savings are. Uh, most of them are five-night packages, um, and they also give you two nights in Tahiti because the way it works with the flights coming in, you can't connect like same day to get to the outer islands, so you okay. need to overnight in Papiete. Okay. So you get a night, you know, pre and post, if you like, your five nights stay on the island as well. Mm. So you've got seven nights. Most of them have got uh, breakfast, uh, airport meet and greets, um, they vary. The return ferry can be included, for example, to Morea. Um, yes, yeah, so just some lovely packages if you really want to indulge yourself. Now, these are, are valid for next year, so you can you know, get in, but you've just got to pay that deposit by the 23rd of December to qualify for those rebates. Um, now, Australian Tours and Cruises, they've got some um, interesting things. They've been doing what they call their 12 days of Christmas and with a different offer each day. So I just plucked this one out today, and this is, this is their third day of Christmas. Christmas offer and it's for the Murray and I thought yeah I haven't done the Murray you know I think it's it is on my bucket list to do it I mean I've done lots of land-based stuff in South Australia Victoria etc New South Wales but not 
not on the Murray itself. And of course, it really wasn't navigable there for a while. Remember, it was so yeah, low. Yeah, true. Um, but you can now, of course, on the Murray Princess. And if you book this month, this is their third day of Christmas offer, you're saving $50 per person if you did book a three-night Murray River Cruise. Um, now, these are available up until, again, the 23rd of December for your bookings for next year. And, of course, along the Murray now, it does have some beautiful scenery. You see lots of native animals and really prolific bird life. And they also educate you on the area about what helped shape these early days of Australia along the Murray River. And you're doing lots of lovely things ashore. You visit the township of Murray Bridge and you, you go and do learn about the food and wine of the region. So it'd be a lovely, again, we're talking relaxing today, a lo- lovely relaxing things that you can do. So keep that in mind. Yeah, good one about that too, Sally, is with that historical um, aspect as well, because mm. in a certain sense, you're on the on the, the ship there, a lot of it hasn't changed all that much. No. Mm. Not really. Uh, as we've discussed before, Mark, you know, the rivers were the ro- roads of the world mm. before we had roads. So rivers are fascinating, I think, to cruise around. Or probably for me, I think rivers are more interesting than ocean voyages because ocean voyages sometimes take a long time and you're not seeing something every day other than the ocean. Um, so it, it yeah, Once you're on it, that's it. <laughs> you know, and there are people that just love the life on board the ship, of course, and that's why they're doing it. They unpack once and they just think that, you know, they can have all these activities on board. But I love doing. I'm a, I'm a doing person. Mm. So that's why I prefer, like, the, the smaller expedition cruises or the river cruises. But um, Colette Tours, they're, again, a wonderful company that only thinks that small is best and their groups are just 14 to 24 travellers on any of their tours, so keep that in mind. That's really worth considering. They've got some wonderful tours to Morocco, um, which you can even learn how to make your own tagine, of course, after sourcing your own herbs and vegetables from the garden. Uh, they've got a taste of Southeast Asia. You do a walking food tour included in Hanoi there. Try some of their famous dishes like banh mi or the famous pho, um, or their, whether you like it or not, the Vietnamese coffee. It's a little bit... Um, I don't know, a taste for some and not for others. It's I think it's made on condensed milk from memory. It's a sweet coffee. I, I love how you, you're talking and looking at someone who yeah. doesn't like coffee. I so, know, I know. So, so, it, so it's, a, what, it's a sweeter consistency yeah, than what we would understand yes. coffee to be? Yes, absolutely. Maybe I might like that. You might, yeah. you might. And then they've also got a wonderful tour that does the Netherlands, Belgium and France, uh, where, again, you're going to tour. These all include food tours. They really focus on the food. So it's part of the culture of a country, as we all know, is the food. So that's really an important thing with all of their tours. Um, and also you even go to uh, meet the volunteers from the uh, the Brie Association. Imagine having that being, if you love Brie or those cheeses, wow, this one's calling for all those cheese enthusiasts out there to do that one. That's the uh, Netherlands, Belgium and France tour. And then there's a lovely Jordan and Israel tour where, of course, you join uh, people in their home for lunch, even where you have some baba ganoush or some hummus or whatever. So some interesting itineraries out there, I think, that are helping people get really immersed and enjoy the culture of the places they're going to, you know. You can't say that wouldn't be interesting and different. I mean, you're just part no. of the tour. We're, just, we're in uh, you know, Sally's house now, yeah. just trying some local cuisine. Yeah, I think it would be fantastic. And you're getting to talk to the, to the people, really talk to the people. So I think any of these tours that are small group that are doing these extra cultural mm you know, excursions and inclusions are just, you really are going to immerse yourself and get a lot more out of what that country has to offer. Well, for those who want to you know, go with a local scale, you can't get any more local than somebody's lounge room. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> not at all, Mark. No. Not at all. But all right. That's the joys of travel, isn't it? A nice little jaunt around the world today, Sally. Uh, your last talking travel for this year, anyway. Yes. Uh, in a week from here, so we're looking forward to it. And then I won't be back till February next year. That's all right. It'll That's be a here long before, time away, isn't it? It'll be here before you know it. Don't worry. Third of February. Don't wish the holidays mm, away. No, I won't. No, I won't wish the holidays away. I'll enjoy them. Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com.